Good morning. It's February 20th. It is a cold morning in New York City. Coldest morning of the week. The unexplained low-frequency hum that was coming into the Indignity Morning Podcast studio has gone away. And while it is still morning, this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. The lead story on the front of today's Times is the aftermath of the death of Alexei Navalny. Navalny's widow accepts mantle of the opposition is the top headline about a video put out by Yulia Navalnyaya yesterday in which she asked Russians to share my rage, anger, and hatred of those who have dared to kill our future. Among the mythically grim updates in the story, the Times reports, is that Russian authorities continued to refuse to hand over Mr. Navalny's body to his mother in a remote Arctic town close to the prison where he died. Mr. Navalny's spokeswoman, Kira Yarmish, said on Monday that the authorities had told his mother that the body would be subjected to a chemical examination for another 14 days. The accompanying story is about Navalny's letters from prison, as he dealt with solitary confinement and medical and dental neglect. The Times reports to a friend, the Russian photographer Evgeny Feldman, Mr. Navalny confided that the electoral agenda of former U.S. President Donald J. Trump looked really scary. Trump will become president should President Biden's health suffer, Mr. Navalny wrote from his high-security prison cell. Doesn't this obvious thing concern the Democrats? In a tidy juxtaposition, down at the bottom of the front page, directly under those stories, we get, fighting Trump, some voters are burned out on outrage. The Times writes that for Joe Biden, interviews with nearly two dozen Democratic voters, activists, and officials make clear his challenge in energizing Americans who are unenthusiastic about a likely rematch, are worried about his age, and in some cases are struggling to sustain the searing anger toward Mr. Trump that Democrats have relied on for nearly a decade. This is an interesting and alarming story for the politics desk to tell about the upcoming election, but it doesn't quite hold up under careful reading. One source who complains to the time about crisis fatigue says she still plans to support Joe Biden over Donald Trump and says, any sense of urgency that we had with the 2020 election? I think it's still there in the sense that no one wants Trump to be president, at least for Democrats, but it's exhausting. Basically, the trouble for the Democrats story depends on conflating two different premises, the first of which is that everyone is fatigued and disgusted by the prospect of yet another election in which the defining issue is stopping Donald Trump, and the second of which is that people don't care whether Donald Trump gets stopped again. And that second premise is quite different from the first. You can be very, very, very sick of all this nonsense and still recognize that the only way to stop being sick of it is to go vote yet again. Even if Joe Biden has failed to deliver on his fundamental campaign premise of 2020 that voting for him would make Donald Trump go away, Donald Trump is still out there running on his campaign promise that if you don't vote against him, he's going to come back. So a dispirited electorate is not necessarily the same thing as a demotivated electorate. Elsewhere on page one is the headline, Rising Killings of Women Incite Flares of Fury in Africa's Streets. Is Africa a city whose streets people can go out into? Is it a country whose cities have streets? The dateline is Kenya. The second paragraph of the story says, Kenyans were shocked when 31 women were killed in January after they were beaten, strangled, or beheaded, activists and police said. In Somalia, a pregnant woman died this month after her husband allegedly set her on fire. In the West African nation of Cameroon, a powerful businessman was arrested in January on accusations, which he has denied, of brutalizing dozens of women. This seems like three different stories about three different things happening in three different places. 
To tie it all together, the story cites a UN report that an estimated 20,000 gender-related killings of women were recorded in Africa in 2022, the highest rate in the world. But again, with apologies to the UN, what does that mean? The story describes particular killings in Kenya, and Kenyan protests, and the Kenyan political response. It doesn't ever come back to whatever happened in Cameroon at all. They're nearly 2,000 miles apart, on opposite sides of the continent, and it's not clear why making the story more generic helps anyone understand what's going on. In national news, on page A16, the Times reports, teacher sick days are rising nationwide, and substitutes often aren't available either. It's a very odd story that describes trends in workplace behavior, quote, since the pandemic, unquote, a phrase that occurs repeatedly in the story as some sort of index of social behavior. But if you were to simply replace it with during the pandemic, the mystery might clear itself up. Somehow, the story never raises the possibility that people might be taking more sick days because they're sick, because there's a highly contagious disease going around. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we'll talk again tomorrow.